Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us this new day. It is already Wednesday, midpoint of the week. As we read your word with the breath of the Holy Spirit, please enlighten our mind with your truth, inflame our heart with your love, inspire our will with your courage, and enrich our life with your service. In the name of Jesus, whom we love and exalt, we all pray. Amen. Today's passage is Second Corinthians chapter 1, 23 to chapter 2, 4. Second Corinthians chapter 1, 23. Oh, I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. I'm sorry. That was yesterday's house. Chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he grieved all of you to some extent. Not to put it too severely, the punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. Now instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to affirm, reaffirm your love for him. Another reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Today's passage gives us a glimpse into seriousness of early Christians and their church life, especially in the topic of church discipline. As John Calvin said, the mark of a New Testament church was a church discipline. They recognized that they were entrusted with the gospel and they were the guardians and witnesses of God's truth. As a result, they kept each other accountable. In the case of a Corinthian church, spiritual accountability took a form of excommunication, meaning uh, shunning unrepentant member from church worship and fellowship. That's what Paul meant by punishment. It's not a physical punishment. It is simply spiritual uh, pain caused by uh, isolation. For the New Testament Christian, church was not a religious service station, and they were more than a religious consumers. They felt that God is, if God is a holy and one, the church should be also holy and one as well. Today, Paul does not name the offender, nor tells us either specifics of his offense or the extent of a penalty imposed. Corinthians already have known, would have known all this. The offender's penitence or grief, according to Paul, has now moved Paul to write. And Paul said, it is time to suspend the penalty, for punishment has been enough. Verse 6 said, punishment inflicted on him by majority is sufficient. So Paul advised the church to forgive. And here Paul suggested two reasons why we should do so. 
One is that uh, to save offender from plunging, from plunging too deeply into grief and self-condemnation. And number two, safeguard the church from Satan's scheme and attacks. And uh, I want to uh, talk briefly about uh, Satan's scheme and attack. When was the last time you heard a warning about Satan? Paul was not an extreme spiritualist like we saw some ghostbusters on TV, nor a religious mystic who always talked about everything is a spiritual warfare. Paul was a former rabbi, an intellectual. Yet Paul was aware of the tactics and attacks of Satan more than anyone. By the way, what is a Satan? Satan literally means accuser, accuser or sometimes adversary. In the book of Job, we saw how much Satan liked to accuse God's people before God. When God was pleased with Job's righteousness and faithfulness, Satan accused Job of loving God for his own blessing. In other words, Satan was telling God that Job's devotion was for his gain, not for God's glory. So in one word, uh, best way to rem- imagine Satan is Satan is, is an overzealous prosecutor. Overzealous, you know, prosecutor. You know, sometimes in TV we heard, uh, we saw a, a TV reporter or uh, somebody that uh, he was uh, falsely accused and incarcerated because of an overzealous, you know, prosecutor who wants to win the case more than justice. Today, majority of Americans are deeply concerned with the excessive force of the police, especially toward African Americans. Satan loves to make us suffer. With the excessive pursuit of God's truth and justice. And the reason Satan loves us make us suffer is that's how he knows he can inflict the pain in the heart of God because God loves us. Satan knows God cannot be hurt, but he, he knows also God feels our pain because he loves us and we are his children. That's how Satan challenges us. So whatever little room that he finds, Satan comes and attacks us with the excessive pursuit of justice. In the name of justice, he actually doing the most in. Uh, creating most in, uh, greatest injustice. So what is our remedy against, against Satan's tactic? And today, Paul tells us that's a forgiveness. Gift of a forgiveness. Gift of a forgiveness from God. That is our weapon against Satan. You know, English uh, uh, forgiveness in, in, in other language. In Spanish, is perdón. Perdón is, a, or English we call pardon. It came from the word par and don. Don in, in Latin means a gift. Forgiveness is a donning a gift of God's, God's love to the person. Forgiveness is a gift. And we need to remember once again, that's what Paul meant here, that he 
is if I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. Forgiveness is God's gift given to us through Christ. And so when we forgive, we are sharing God's gift with one another. And so when, when, we, when we pursue God's justice and truth, we have to always balance it with the love and forgiveness. If we pursue justice or God's truth too much, too excessively, unknowingly, we become an agent of a Satan. Unknowingly, we are accusing our brothers and sisters or inflicting excessive pain for our brothers and sisters. So dear brothers and sisters, from this passage, let us really be challenged that uh, we will be a serious church with a spiritual accountability. But at the same time, we are not uh, another you know, Pharisees, Pharisees that the Pharisaic you know, religion that, that just you know, challenge each other with uh, do's and don'ts. No. We do do's and don'ts for the glory of God and much more with the love for one another. So let's exercise forgiveness. Let's really make each other accountable, but at the same time, make sure that we make each other accountable because we want to grow mature and we really be a loving family of God. And love always comes with the truth. Love and truth cannot be separated before God. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, help us take your church seriously as a representative of your kingdom in this world. Help us, help us to see forests more than the church that meets my needs, but a community of a saint for the serious glory of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and our Lord. Help us keep our spiritual accountability with one another in love and truth so that we can be a healthy body of Christ. Through each mistake, we will become more mature and deeper followers of Christ. In the name of one who forgave all of us, even when we are, not, when we are unrepentant, and while we were sinners, he died and demonstrated God's love for us. We all pray. Amen.